Well, we're going to read from the Bible together now, and we're going to turn to Luke's Gospel and to Luke chapter 12. If you're following along in one of the Blue Pew Bibles, you'll find our reading on page 871 over into 872. Pages 871 over into page 872. We're picking up our reading in Luke chapter 12 from verse 35, and we're reading down to verse 48. So Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 35, you'll find it on page 871, and then over into page 872. And as we read this part of the Bible together, we remember that it's God's word to us. So Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 35. It says, Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you telling, telling this parable for, all or for us or for all? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom his master will set over his household, to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to him, My master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did, and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Amen. And we thank God for his word to us this morning. Well, at this point in our service, let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 12. Uh, you'll find the passage that we read earlier in our service on pages 871 over into 872. And you'll find it helpful, as always, to have that passage open in front of you as you're turning it up. Uh, let me again thank everyone who's been involved in preparing for our harvest services. Uh, thank you to everyone who was involved in decoration. And thank you to the praise group for leading our singing and bringing us that special harvest piece. Uh, before we think about the Bible together, uh, let's pray for a moment. Father, we realize that this morning is a significant service, and so it would be our earnest prayer that you would speak to us in a significant way. We thank you that harvest is a time for us to consider your word, consider what the Bible says, and uh, we pray that as we look at these words of Jesus, that they would come to us in power and that we would realize our need to be ready. And we pray this in his saving name. Amen. 
It's time to go. It's time to go. We need to go. Come on, the clock's ticking. It's time to go. It's 11.45. Ch church starts in 15 minutes and it takes us 20 minutes to get there. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We need to go. Has that ever happened in your house? A rush to get ready. Rush to get out on a Sunday. Have you ever noticed that there's always a pacer when it comes to getting ready? A pacer, by the way, is the person who walks up and down and up and down and up and down the hall. And the pacer says nothing, doesn't speak, but internally they're having an absolute meltdown because they're thinking, we need to go right now. You know things are serious when a pacer isn't pacing. Things are bad when the pacer is sitting outside in the car with the engine running. Now, it might surprise you, it might not surprise you, but it might surprise you that I'm a pacer. I'm learning to man manage it, and I don't do it as often as I, as I used to, but the clock's ticking. It's time to go. We need to go. Get, getting ready. It can be a source of tension. It can be a source of frustration, but we all know what it's like to get ready. We spend a lot of time getting ourselves ready to go anywhere or to do anything. In 2008, the Daily Telegraph reported that on average, women spend 3,276 hours over their lifetimes getting ready. On the other hand, men only spend 1,092 hours over their lifetime getting ready. Now, I know that the next thing that I say needs to be very carefully thought through, but it's interesting, isn't it? According to a national newspaper, Women take longer to get ready than men do. It's maybe wrong. 2008 was a long time ago. Maybe they need to do another study, do a bit more research. But the point is, we spend a lot of time getting ready, physically, materially. But what about spiritually? The simple testimony of the Bible is that we must get ready or be ready spiritually. So spiritually speaking, we, we, we need to be prepared and ready for what's to come. And what's to come is eternity, because one day our lives in this world will come to an end and we'll stand before God in judgment. Here's the simple point of the passage in front of us this morning. You must be ready. You, you see that's the heading given to this passage. You must be ready. The headings in our Bibles aren't part of the original text. They're, they're not part of the inspired text of Scripture but the heading is a, is a pretty good summary of this passage. You must be ready. In this part of Luke, J Jesus is speaking about his second coming. We're studying Luke's gospel at our evening services at the moment. We're jumping forward this morning to this story, and it's a one-off for harvest. But in terms of how this passage fits into Luke's gospel as a whole, it's the first extended teaching of Jesus on his second coming. And Jesus' point is simple. You must be ready. Just before this passage, Jesus tells the parable of the rich fool. The point of that parable is that we must beware of material greed. After that parable, Jesus says we're not to worry about material things. And now he's challenging his hearers to be ready for his return. The logic is that being ready for his return is the antidote to greed and worry. In terms of what the Bible says about Jesus' return, there's overwhelming agreement that he will return to judge the living and the dead. Well, one person has put it like this. They've said, all are agreed that the final solution to the problems of this world is in the hands of the King of Kings, 
who will someday make the kingdoms of this world his very own. There are 260 chapters in the New Testament and Jesus' return is mentioned 318 times. Statistically, Jesus' return is mentioned once every 25 verses. The scriptures shout to us that Jesus is coming again. And it's interesting to consider how the return of Christ is woven into the heart of all of our seasonal services. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus' return is one of the underlying themes of Christmas, Easter, and harvest. So at Christmas we sing, Once in royal David city stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother led her baby in a manger for a bed. But the last verse of that hymn goes like this. It says, Not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by, we shall see him but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high. At Easter, we sing, Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a saviour. But the last verse of that hymn goes like this. It says, When he comes, our glorious king, to his kingdom us to bring, then anew this song will sing. Hallelujah, what a saviour. And at harvest, we sing, Come ye thankful people, come, raise the song of harvest home. But we also sing, Even so, Lord, quickly come, bring thy final harvest home. The return of Christ is, is woven into the heart of all our seasonal services. And what we need to see and know in our hearts this morning is that we must be ready. You must be ready. Which brings us to our passage this morning. This is a really simple story from Jesus. And in it, we're asked two questions. And these questions will be our, our structure this morning, our points this morning. The, the, the two questions this passage, passage asks are, are you ready and waiting? And are you ready or not? Let's think about our first question together. Are you ready and waiting? As he talks about his return, Jesus uses two pictures to describe how we should be ready. You'll see the first in verses 35 to 38. Jesus recommends that we're, like, we're, we're ready like a faithful, devoted servant is ready. Just look at verses 30, 35 and 36. Jesus says, Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. The picture is that servants are ready for their master's return from a wedding. A Hebrew wedding could last for several days, so the time of a master's return could be anyone's guess. The uncertainty, Jesus says, doesn't put these excellent servants off. Even though it was late, even though they could have been in their PJs, they were dressed for action. Uh, the night was also kept bright because they kept refilling the oil in their lamps and they kept trimming the wicks for maximum light. They were awake and alert. It's like that little children's song. They were alive, alert, awake, enthusiastic. And this is how followers of Jesus are to wait for him. Followers of Jesus aren't to be passive and sleepy and lethargic. They're to be active in service. They're to be continually prepared and they're to be waiting with joyful anticipation. If you're a follower of Jesus, are you ready and waiting like a faithful servant? If you're a follower of Jesus, are you waiting like a wise homeowner? That's the second picture, and it comes in verses 39 and 40. Look at what Jesus says. He says, But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, 
he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Verse 40, that, that saying of Jesus, is picked up by Paul and Peter, who both say that the day of the Lord, the return of Christ, will come like a thief in the night. Uh, the well-known Scottish minister, Robert Murray McShane, used to meet with other ministers and one of the questions that he used to ask them was, do you think the Lord is coming tonight? Do you think the Lord is coming back tonight? The other ministers would often respond quietly and sort of sheepishly say, no. And then McShaney would counter with Luke twelve forty. He would say, the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The point is, Jesus' return will be unexpected. He'll come like a thief in the night. I came across a story this week about a couple in Liverpool who had a strange experience at the hand of a thief. They had their car stolen, but a few days after it was stolen, it was returned. And inside the car were tickets to a show and a note from the thief, which said something along the lines of, I'm very sorry for the inconvenience I caused by stealing your car. Here's a little token to show my remorse. The couple went along to see the show that they had so kindly received tickets for, but when they returned home, they found that the thief had returned and burgled their house. The point is that Jesus' return will be unexpected. He'd come like a thief in the night. The world will not be prepared. The 24-hour news channels won't be ready. World leaders won't be ready. Most of the church won't be ready. But the faithful will be ready because they'll see the sign of the times. They'll be ready because they have obeyed the word and are waiting for their blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The, the faithful will be ready because their sleeves are rolled up and the lights are on as they labor for Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, this harvest time, are you ready and waiting? Are you ready and waiting like a faithful servant? Are you ready and waiting like a wise homeowner? homeowner? Are you ready and waiting? That's our first question. Here's our second. Are you ready or not? You can bet that in telling this story, Jesus had the full attention of everyone around him. This is an electrifying part of the Bible. All that Jesus has said makes his disciples think. Peter, so often the guy who speaks up and asks a question, speaks up and asks a question in verse 41. Look at it. He says, Lord, are you telling this parable for us? or for all? The answer that Jesus gives in what follows makes it clear that what he says applies to Christians of all times until he returns. Are you ready or not? If you're ready, there's good news in this story. Rewards will be given to the ready, to the wise, and to the faithful. So look at verses 42 to 44. And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. In the simplest terms possible, the servant of Jesus who has been faithful in their temporary earthly responsibilities will at Jesus' return be given vast permanent authority in heaven. That's what Jesus is saying. If you follow me now, and if you're faithful to me now, I'll bless you abundantly in eternity. Are you ready or not? 
If, you, if you're ready like a faithful servant, like a wise homeowner, then this is what's in store for you. And it's great news. But if you're not, the news isn't as good. Not all servants are faithful and wise. And Jesus mentions them in verses 45 and 46. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. The behaviour of the servant Jesus speaks of here mirrors the behaviour of the rich fool earlier in the chapter. He said, eat, drink and be merry. And the foolish servant says the same thing. The picture is that the master of the servant will come on a day and in an hour when the servant isn't looking for him, just as he did to the rich fool. It's pretty brutal language from the most loving man who ever lived. But Jesus said he will cut that servant in pieces. It can't really be any more graphic than that. The master comes home and finds the steward beating the rest of the employees, exploiting them, making a mockery of his stewardship. If possible, it gets a whole lot worse because the judgment on this unfaithful servant isn't just being cut in pieces. The unfaithful servant will be put with the unfaithful. Now, this is where this passage packs a punch. If people weren't really listening to Jesus at the start, they were definitely listening to him now. In these verses, Jesus isn't talking about people who are on the outside of the church. He's not talking about people who have, who have nothing to do with church or, or the kingdom of God. He's talking about people who are inside the church, people who come to church every Sunday. And he's saying, if you come to church every Sunday, but never make preparations to be ready, things are going to be worse for you when you meet me. Jesus sums this up in verse 48. He says, Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required, and from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand more. We're here this morning, and we're recognizing that in material terms, we have so much. We have homes, we have food, we have clothes, we have cars. We have so much compared to others in our world. And in spiritual terms, we have so much as well. We have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, we have the entire scriptures. We stand on, on 2,000 years of church history. We, we, we have abundant preaching, opportunities to hear the gospel. We, we have a, a wealth of opportunities to, to attend Christian services and meetings. M much will be required of us. Are you ready or not? You must be ready. That's what Jesus is saying. You must be ready. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to be constantly ready. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you need to make preparations to be ready. It's a really simple passage. It's a humbling passage because it reminds us that just as every test needs marked, just as every race needs timed, so every life will be judged. And the bit that will be judged is our readiness to appear before the Lord Jesus. Are you ready and waiting? Are you ready or not? The return of Christ is, is woven into the heart of all of our seasonal services. And in some ways, that makes what I have to say quite repetitive. Here we are again in another harvest. Another year has gone by. Are, are you in the same place spiritually as you were last year? L last year, we thought about something very similar to what we thought about this year. 
On the day when time is called on this world, there will be a final judgment, a final reckoning. That's what I said last year. That's what I'm saying again this year. Are you ready and waiting? Are you ready or not? The simple point of the passage in front of us this morning is you must be ready. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect, so you must be ready. How can you be ready if you're not? What does it mean to become a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, to answer those questions, you need to realize that Jesus is full of surprises. Jesus always surprises everybody. Imagine reading the Bible for the first time, having never read it before. It's hard to do that because so many of us are steeped in the scriptures and have known them since we were young. But imagine reading the Bible for the first time, having never read it before. What would your dominant emotion be? It would be surprise. You would be surprised, especially at the story of Jesus. Even though Jesus is the maker of all the planets and galaxies in the universe, he came to earth as a little baby. Even though he's the king of kings, he wasn't born in a big, beautiful palace. He was born in a manger surrounded by livestock. When Jesus grew up, he surprised people all the time. He surprised them through what he said and through his preaching and teaching. One of his favorite ways of surprising people was by telling them stories about what God was really like. People in Jesus' day thought they knew what God was really like. People in our day think they know what God is really like. But Jesus is full of surprises. And there's actually a surprise in our passage this morning. It comes in the bit about the servants who are faithfully waiting. Did you notice the twist in the story when we read it earlier? In Jesus' story, the master loves his servants so much that he puts on servants' clothes and he serves them instead. Just look at verse 37. It says, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he, the master, will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he, the master, will come and serve them. What kind of master would love like that? What, what kind of God would choose to be a servant? Surprise. Jesus would. He's the great master who serves. Like the master in the story, Jesus used his power to surprise everyone. He suffered and died on the cross so that we could live with him forever. There was one final surprise though. He rose again from the dead. How can you be ready if you're not? What does it mean to become a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? To be a Christian, you have to trust in the great master who served. No one knows the day or the hour when Jesus will return. It could be any minute. You must be ready. If you're a follower of Jesus, just like the servants in the first part of this passage, we have, we have plenty to do while we wait. There are hungry people to serve. There are lonely people to care for. There are friends to share with. There are enemies to forgive. And it all begins with loving Jesus, the great master who serves. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me appeal to you this harvest time and let me put it to you really plainly. You must be ready. You need to turn to Jesus, the great master who loves us, the great master who, who serves us, the great master who once said, that he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you haven't already, will you turn to him today? 
You need to be ready. Luke 12 asks two questions. Are you ready and waiting? And are you ready or not? It's time to go. It's time to go. Let's go. Come on. The clock's ticking. It's time to go. It's 11.45. Church starts in 15 minutes and it takes us 20 minutes to get there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We spend a lot of time getting ready, physically, materially. But what about spiritually? The simple testimony of the Bible is that we must get ready or be ready spiritually. And spiritually speaking, the clock is ticking. And, and you can't see the clock and you don't know when the alarm on the clock is going to go off. The return of Christ is, is woven into the heart of all, our, all of our seasonal services. So as another harvest comes and goes, let me put it to you again. You must be ready. If you're following Jesus, you're called to wait like a faithful servant and a wise homeowner. If you're not following Jesus, you're called to come to him, to trust him and to believe in him, to follow the great master who has surprised us by coming to serve us and in doing so, save us. Let's pray to him now. Father, we thank you for your word to us. And we realize again that Jesus will come back one day and that we must make preparations to meet him. We pray as those who have followed you and who have trusted you that we would wait like faithful servants and like wise homeowners, that we would be ready and willing to serve you in whatever way you would have us serve. But we pray especially for those who haven't yet trusted in Jesus. We pray that they would realize that they must be ready. Jesus will return and they will meet him and they must be ready. Father, bless your word to all of our hearts this day and be with us as we come to meet again together this evening. And we ask and pray all these things in Jesus' saving name. Amen.